Today, we're starting the series, I Am. Y'all see the thumbprint? This is my thumbprint, right? Just kidding. But, but the whole point, and listen, this is kind of the, the theme behind I Am, is everybody wants to know who they are. Like if you, I looked this up recently, and I was really fascinated by this. The question that more people in the world want to know is where do they come from, what's it all about, and who am I? I think that's fascinating that everybody wants to know. That doesn't matter what background you come from, doesn't matter what country you live in, doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, everybody wants to know who they are. And so here's the premise. I'm just going to give you the whole series, and some of y'all won't come back because I'm giving it to you today, right? I'm giving you everything that this is about. But you can't know who I am. I can't know who I am until I truly know I am. And that's the whole premise and the whole point behind everything. So there's eight I am statements in John, and we're going to go through them and look at them and and discover what that really looks like and means. And today, I just want to start with the first one that I want you to see, because it's kind of different than the other ones, and I think it's really cool. Jesus was talking to some of the Pharisees and some of the disciples and was going back and forth in John chapter 8, and he says to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, everybody say it. I am. That's an interesting thing to say. And if you were here on Mother's Day when my wife did an amazing job and delivered a message, she preached on that exact thing that he's talking about, the I am. And so he says, before Abraham was, I am. Now, this is the question that we all ask. Who am I? And so the question I'm asking you today is, who do you think you are, Mr. Right? Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. That, that was awkward for some of y'all, right? If y'all are new to this place, I'm crazy. I just need y'all to know that. And I'm me all the time. And I guess I know who I think I am. But, but the question is, who do you think you are? So, by show of hands, how many of y'all have heard? For, let me just, how many of y'all watch TLC, the network TLC? Show me your hands. Some of y'all dudes just raise your hand. I feel awkward right now. I just want y'all to know I love you with the love of the Lord. Our channel upstairs at my house, this has nothing to do with the message. I just need y'all to stay with me for a second. At at my house upstairs, there's two different places that my TV goes. One is sports, so that's not a channel, but it's the ESPN family of networks or whatever. Maybe on praise the Lord for the sports channels. And then TLC. And Leah will ask me stuff like, did you see so-and-so? Was it on TLC? <laughs> then no, okay? But there's a new show on TLC. It's not new. It's four year, or They've had four seasons now, but it's fairly new, and I had never heard of it. But Leah made me watch it. And it's got, y'all believe that, don't you? It's called, Who Do You Think You Are? And they paid these, these stars big bucks to go find out who they are. But listen, when you watch it, they really want to know. So I, I want y'all to watch this video. This is a short preview of one of the seasons of Who Do You Think You Are? Look at this. This season on Who Do You Think You Are? Eight of the country's most beloved celebrities embark on monumental explorations into their family histories. My grandmother didn't talk about her life. She didn't talk about her past. I just don't know the facts. I want to go on this journey because I've watched my father be in a lot of pain not knowing who he is. They will travel the globe. Going off into a world filled with swastikas gives you a little bit of a chill. Questioning everything they thought they knew about their ancestry. And on various dates struck and and beat her. Secrets will be revealed. Thomas Henderson had one slave. Oh my God. And lives will change forever. Can't believe it's my family, it's outrageous. Because to know who you are, 
I can't believe it. this is a thousand years ago. This is incredible. You have to know where your story began. At the end of the day, to have a deeper understanding and a deeper love for my dad, that's why I'm here. I just think that that video is fascinating because in one minute you see these stars that most of us recognize. And they get, I mean, it's crazy how emotional they get when they start learning things about themselves. And so they've made these millions of dollars and they look the part, they act the part, they seem the part. And then they find out these things about themselves and they just break down. And they go from what you think you know about them to what they never knew about themselves. And it breaks them. And it's, it really is fascinating, and so I guess I have to admit that I've watched it a little bit and that I might have even liked it, but don't tell anybody because it's on TLC. But, but the point behind that is that every one of us kind of in the back of our minds would like to know our genealogy. We'd like to know where we come from. We'd like to know what cards we've been dealt and if it's going to be bad or good. And I'm telling you all right now, we also want, and maybe you're the only one in the room that's not this way, but if you are, that's awesome. We'll just pretend that you're not here. But like, all of us want other people to think that we've got it all together. Do you know what I'm talking about? If you do, say, yep. We want everybody to think, I'm cool, I've got it together. I don't necessarily want to know who I am today, but I want you to think who I am is good. I want you to think that all my stuff is together. And so even, listen to this, even when I tell you things that I've told you as a church, like Lee and I struggling some weeks, I'm still only being transparent, but I'm not quite being vulnerable. And there is a massive difference between me finding the people in my life that I can be honest with and be myself with and be completely vulnerable with and find out who I am and let them find out who I am versus me giving you this. Because I give you most of me and I'm completely me every time that I step on this stage. But at the end of the day, you just know things about me, but most of you don't know me personally. And I feel like that's the problem with us and Jesus. Is, is if, we, if we had to make lists, some of y'all know so much about him and so much about God that you could, like, you could spout off things for 10 minutes straight about this is who he is and this is who he is and this is who he is. And I'm really impressed. And some of those stars that you just saw, you could do the same things with. But, but as far as a personal relationship and, and being intimate with him, but more importantly, more importantly, sharing the things with him that you never would want to be shared. Well, you can't go there, right? Because I've got that taken care of. And there's a story in John chapter 4. If you're familiar with the Bible, you'll be very familiar with this story. But it's, it's messed me up completely because I've preached this before. I've preached John chapter 4 and the woman at the well. And, and I've preached it in different ways, but I've never preached it in this context. I've never looked at it in this context before. And it's the fact that I'm her. Look at somebody next to you say, I am that woman. Try it again because not one person did it. Say, I am that woman. I am that woman. John chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read most of the verses, but I'm going to skip some. And so the first three verses gives you some background, and then, or first two verses, and then it says, He left Judea, which by the way, Judea is the desert area right around Jerusalem, and departed for Galilee. And so that was going north. Now, you could go two different ways. You could go outside what was, what's present-day Jordan, cross over the Jordan River and go that way. 
or you can go around and go up by the Mediterranean. And that's how the Jewish people went because you couldn't cross through Samaria because they hated each other. And it, and it says, and he had to. I thought that was fascinating. He had to pass through Samaria. He did not have to. As a matter of fact, he shouldn't have. On paper, there was no need for him to pass. But John, who wrote this, was one of his 12 disciples and one of the closest ones. He called himself the Beloved. And he said that he had to pass through. Well, listen to this. He had to pass through because he had a personal moment that was defined and destined to happen that day. And so not only was he purposed in where he was going, from, from the Jerusalem area back up to Galilee, to the Sea of Galilee, to the northern part of Israel, but, but he had to go through the place that no Jewish person went. And this, this particular place was not a fun place. It was desert and it's hot all the time. There's no trees. It's miserable. And then in this context, there's something that takes place, and I want you to see it. Verse 7 says that a woman from Samaria came to draw water. And this was at the sixth hour. And that's the hottest part of the day. That's where the sun is beating down on you. And there was a reason that she came during this time. Because she hoped that she could come completely by herself where no one would see her. Because she didn't want to be vulnerable with anybody else because she had the baggage in her life that many of us carried in here today. Whether it was past hurt whether it was a bad experience at work, whether it was past marriages, whatever it was, she just wanted to slip in and slip out and not have to worry about anybody else. And, but, but when this Samaritan woman who came up and wanted to be all alone came to, to get some water, Jesus looked at her and said, give me a drink. And verse 8 says that, that the disciples had gone into the town to get some, some food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you would you? Well, ask me for a drink. I'm a Samaritan, for Jews and Samaritans didn't deal with each other, and so why would this happen? And listen to what Jesus said here. I love this verse so much. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift that was standing in front of you, and who it is that is saying this to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him instead of me ask you. And he would have given you living water. Now look at what the message translation says. I love the message. If y'all don't ever read the message, every once in a while you should just click on it and just read it because it, it just gives such beautiful detail on some things and it reads more like what, how we talk today. It said, Jesus answered, if you knew the generosity of God and everybody say who, who I am. We should do a sermon series with that title because that'd be really cool. You would be asking me for a drink, and I would give you fresh living water. Fresh living water. Now, if you're going to a well at some time in the early afternoon and it is beating down hot, it's 100 degrees like it's going to be today, praise the Lord, but not, and, and it's just miserable hot, and you don't want anybody to see you, and you just need to get that drink for the day, and you want to get back, and you want to hide, and someone says to you, I, I'm going to give you some living water. Would you want that? Let me try that again because six of you said, yeah. Would you want that? Yes. yes, we would all want that. And so she does and says what all of us would say after they go back and forth a little bit. Verse 15 says, the woman said to her, sir, give me this water. I'm in so that I will not be thirsty and I will not have to keep coming back here over and over and over and drawing water and hiding and keep having to be frustrated with all these things. So just do it. And right here, you would think that Jesus would just say, awesome, here you go. Story's over. 
Because I think, ooh, this is going to be good. I need y'all to lean in right now. Because I think that's how we've done with Jesus a lot. Is we've said, give me that water. Story's over. Punch my ticket from hell. I'm going to heaven. I got my life covered. I'm good to go. But guess what? Jesus doesn't leave you where you are. Because Jesus looked at her and said, go call your husband. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. Hide your go call your husband. Yeah, some of y'all remember that. It was good. And come here. And that's a crazy thing to say right after she says, okay, I'll accept you. I'll accept this offering. I'll accept this. She said, well, you can't just accept it because I can't leave you where you are. And look at what it says right here. Verse 17 says, the woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said, you right. You right. In saying I have no husband for you've had five husbands. And the one you're with now is not your husband. So what you said is true. Now, if you just read this and you're like you're a new Christian or, or you've never read the Bible before and you read this, you're like, Jesus was a dog, right? He was mean. Jesus was, I mean, that's cutting deep. And you can skim through this and think, that dude was a jerk, right? But there's something much deeper and much cooler and what's really got me jacked up this week. And even on the boat, when I didn't have... My phone working and no emails and no distractions. And when I was going through this, here was my thought. So I'm happily married to my first wife for 15 years this August. Praise the Lord, everybody. Some of y'all didn't get the first wife thing, but, but you can laugh. It's, it's all good. We can be comfortable in this place. Amen. But, and so... So when I look at this, I can say, well, I've been married one time, and Leah's the only person that I've ever been with biblically. That means have sex, if y'all don't understand what I'm talking about. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you use the sex word in church. It's awkward. It's okay. Sex is okay. It's good. And when you're married, amen. But so, so I can look at this and say, well, I'm good. And I think, listen to this carefully, I think that's right where the enemy wants you to believe, that I'm good. And then I can be transparent up to a point, right? Because I can say, I struggle in these areas and they're real broad. And I can seem like I have my act together. And I can seem like everything's good. And in the back of my mind, what I talked about a few weeks ago, unforgiveness is just creeping in and it's just living there. And maybe all these other things. And some of you walked in here today and you've been divorced and you think, there's no way God can ever use me again. Or you have these issues that you're dealing with because of abuse in the past or because of these things in the past or because of your embarrassment that you've had to deal with or whatever it is. Because of your addictions, because of whatever you're dealing with, you're embarrassed. And so you'll be honest up to a point and then there's a wall in your life. And you'll give Jesus everything but that wall. Your finances, God can't have. Because he can have everything but, but as soon as the pastor starts talking about your finances, that's where I'm leaving because you can't have that. I want you to know that the reason I'm going to challenge you in that area is not so that I can have your money. But it's so that you can live your fullest life like I talked about in the beginning. And if you don't do it God's way, you can never, ever, ever, ever reach your fullest life in Jesus Christ. And I believe for many of us, it's not five husbands and we're living with the one we've got now. But it's our money or it's our time. Or it's, our, or, or it's our relationships with each other, or it's our past hurt, or it's unforgiveness that we've talked about over and over, and I'm still dealing with it. 
And here's what I believe we do. I'll give you most of what I am, but I'll cover what I don't want you to know. Because I believe, y'all don't miss this because this is the point, that I've got it covered. Do you know the reason that we stress in our lives? The reason that I believe we struggle so deeply with stress is because we don't think God has it covered, so we got to cover it. That's good. If, if y'all don't leave with anything else, y'all can leave with that. That was good. And whatever you cover, God can't cover it. And it's not because he can't, because by the way, he's God. But it's because he's a gentleman and he won't. Because he allows you to have free will and choose what you'll let him have access to. And the problem that I can look back in my life and tell you is that I've wanted people who are close to me, who I call confidants, to know most things about me, but I cover the things that I'm embarrassed about. And I want you to know this about God, that the reason that he uncovered the secret that no one could possibly have known as a stranger walks up and looks at this woman at the well, God wants to uncover what you have covered so he can cover it. God wants to uncover the five husbands and the one that you're living with now and the reason that you came to that place and you know who you are and you hate it so you try to hide and you just go get your water and you go back and you hate your life and you're embarrassed about everything about you. God wants to uncover that. Not to embarrass you but so that he can cover that. The thing that you think defines you that you're so embarrassed about that, listen, some of y'all need to talk to me in this place because I'm preaching about 45% better right now than y'all are talking back to me. Come on, somebody. I know the tension. I know the tension of, I can't let them find this out about me because if they do, then they'll never think that I am what I want to be. And so I cover it, I cover it, I cover it, and I, and I make sure that it's a nice cover. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And, I'm, and I fold it right and I make it look good. But God wants to uncover those things because he knows who you are in him. God knows me way better than I'll ever know me. And he has a plan and a future and a purpose that is far greater than my mind can even dream. But the thing that holds me back is not the God that I serve, but the things that I cover. And I constantly look at God, why aren't you doing these miracles in my life? Mark, what are you covering? Do you know that I hold me back way more than Satan ever did? We give the devil way too much credit. There's no devil anywhere, nothing, that can take any joy from me. Neither death, nor hell, nor angels, nor demons, nor principalities, nor darkness. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. And love covers a multitude of sin. His love covers all of my hurts and all of my desperate needs. But if the enemy can cause you one second to think in your mind, well, you can never because you've done this. Because I know, I know what some of you walked in here with baggage, and I don't know what a lot of you walked in here with. But I do believe with all my heart that many of you walked in here and you thought, it's cool that he can get up there and preach. But he must not have the baggage that I have. You have no idea. You have no idea how, how I have to do certain things in my life like a child would have to do to keep myself from certain sins. And I'm not even embarrassed today to tell you that. You have no idea how many mornings I wake up and I really just feel like being a turd that day. <laughs> today was not one of those days. Praise the Lord. <laughs> 
but I just wake up and I'm just mean, especially if the alarm clock says anything in the sixes. Come on and talk to me if y'all are not a morning person in this place. Jesus did not make six or seven. I'll give him eight. Praise the Lord. But I want you to believe that every morning I got a song in my heart, right? And I've got the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Every morning, this is how I wake up. My kids are just bubbling over and everything is good. Lies! Come on now. And it's because I want to cover the fact that I'm struggling. I want to cover the fact that I don't know how I can pay this bill in this month. I want to cover the fact that I want you to believe that I've got it covered. Do y'all know that your past and you being defined by your past or your parents or your past relationships or your financial insecurities, your past is what is defining you today. I heard someone say this and I was like, man, that's good. I'm going to take credit for it. But in my house, they didn't say this part because it's my house. But in my house, when we, we have stairs and the first step is so annoying. Like if, if I'm if I'm trying not to wake the kids up and the way they've left the door open, or if Leah's gone to sleep and I have to go downstairs and get a drink, any big person in the room knows what I'm talking about, having to go get a drink at night and a snack maybe. Don't worry about that part. But when I'm going down, I come back up. The, the very bottom step. And I'm like, ah! And so I have to either try to get over it or I forget, you know, when I'm coming back because I got a couple things in my hand and I'm walking back up. Y'all don't judge me. And I walk back up. I'm not covering that. Y'all got it. So, and so I step on the step and I'm like, we're good. It didn't crack. It didn't squeak. And I step off of it. And I'm like, ah! And I've noticed this, that it's not when I step on the step that it squeaks. It's when I step off of the step that it's squeaking. And that's how your past is doing in your life. You're so worried about stepping off of the step and moving forward that you're worried about the squeak that doesn't mean anything anyway. It's your past that is talking to you. It's not your future in Christ that's talking to you. Stop worrying about those stupid squeaks that you have in your life and stop thinking about, start thinking about the fact that he's got it covered. Look at your neighbor and say, he's got it covered. Come on, somebody say, he's got it covered. He's got it covered. Because his love covers a multitude of sin. And then this is where we come in. I want you all to see this in James Chapter 5, by the way, right before this, it says, Confess your sins one to another. The prayer of a righteous man or righteous woman has healing anointing. And I think we've always thought that that means like cancer. And I do believe, by the way, that the great physician, that the healer through us, through our prayers, will heal things like that. But I think there's a thing inside of you that needs healing a whole lot more than cancer or any other disease, and that's your soul. And it says that when we confess sin one to another in that living water, the oil from the Holy Spirit that begins to flow in my life, when it's on me because I'm, I'm not trying to cover it, I'm being honest before men. I'm not just being transparent that's sexy, but I'm being vulnerable and laying my cards on the table. And then right after that, he says, my brothers, if any among you wanders from the truth, someone needs to bring him back. And if someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings a sinner back from wandering will save his soul from death and will, everybody say it, and will cover a multitude of sins. See, this is what my past experience in church has been like. I'm not talking about any individual church. I'm talking about capital C church. Did you hear what so-and-so did? I just, 
We need to pray for them. Right? Come on. Let's pray for them. Praise the Lord. Can I tell you who's guilty of that? This guy right here. I'd be lying if I said it was other people. When I say that was my past experience, I need to say that was my past experience. That was what I did. That's the one of the squeaky steps for me. Because I just was so hateful and judgmental. I wasn't looking at my sin that I was covering. I was looking at all the sin that you needed to have uncovered. And as a result, I was covering more. <laughs> I don't care what you've done. Can I just say this? I don't care what you've done. It's nothing that God can't cover. Look, you know what? I need to say that better because that's not saying it right. It's nothing that God hasn't already covered. You just got to let him. His blood was enough for every human being that has been, is currently, and ever will be. His blood, let me say that again because I don't know if y'all heard it. His blood was enough to cover the price of every person that will ever be. But most of us can see what your sin is, but I can't see my sin. The reason that I go on a rescue mission, this is an army. I need you to see this. I, I'm excited about the number of the people in this house in a June Sunday, and it's awesome. Praise God. But that's not what I want to celebrate. What I want to celebrate is you are about to go on mission and see all of them out there who are far from Christ and say, I am going to bring you back home, not to expose you, but to cover you in him. That is our purpose. And I'm not talking about a pastor's purpose here. It is my purpose, but it's your purpose. I want you guys to know that all of you have a calling on your life that is unbelievable. But we don't believe it because we've got it covered. We got it covered. I don't know how many times I've said that, y'all. Leo asked me a question, something I'm stressed about. Don't worry about it. I got it covered. <laughs> I'm literally saying don't worry about what I'm worried about. <laughs> Praise the Lord, everybody. Back to John 4. Here's what Jesus says. Right after he exposes this, he says, but listen, the hour is coming and is now here when true worshiper, worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. Can I just tell y'all something? I believe the reason that we come into churches and, and worship is not about raising your hands. That, I told y'all a couple weeks ago, I, I want y'all to just think about raising your hands like we do when we put our hand over our heart in acknowledgement to saluting the flag when we're doing the Star Spangled Banner or when we're pledging allegiance to the flag, to me, that it's a lot like that. And so I, there's nothing magical about raising your hand to worship. God is not worried about your hand. God's worried about your heart. And, and as long as you have it covered, then you're faking it till you make it. And it's not helping anything, is it? Somebody talk to me. It's not helping anything, is it? But, but, but the Father's looking for someone that will worship in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Why? God is spirit. I read something yesterday in my quiet time, um, just in the daily Bible reading. If y'all read the daily Bible, it's Solomon in the temple, and when the temple was finished, the high priests were going into the Holy of Holies where the Spirit of God was, and his presence was so much evident, so beautifully there, that the smoke filled the Holy of Holies so much that the high priest couldn't even go in. And this is what I asked myself. I said, self? <laughs> this is what I asked myself. Thank y'all for laughing at that corny pastor joke. But I asked myself this. If that same God, who is in the same spirit, but Jesus left him and said, I'm going to leave someone that's better if I leave, 
no longer dwells in a house made of stone, but a house that is called my body. And I've tried to cover it. How many times has the cloud of God wanted to fill my life and cover my life, but I've had it covered and so he couldn't. And all those times that I was praying and fasting and trying to walk around circles, trying to make God do something, God, you do it, God, you do it. And he's just like, well, let me. I've got it covered. So let me. Bro, I've got it. Let me. I got it covered. Let me. Because God is spirit. And the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the reason I'm emotional is not so that I can get you emotional, because I hate that as, about as much as I hate anything, and that's the truth. But it's because I'm so thankful that God doesn't look at my past and say, how dare you, God uncovers my past so he can cover it. And God does not worry about what some of you have worried about about me. I'm not sure if Mark Pangle can lead a church. Mark Pangle's not going to lead a church. The Holy Spirit of the living God is going to lead a church. We ain't staying here. And I think in this moment, she heard this and something went off in her heart. And she thought, it doesn't matter that I've had five husbands. It doesn't matter that I'm living with somebody that I'm not supposed to be. It doesn't matter that I've not done it God's way up until this point. Right now is when I'm going to do it God's way. Listen to this. Right now is when I'm going to find out who I really am. Look at verse 25. It says, the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who's called the Christ. She was throwing, her, she was throwing a little bait out saying, I think you're that dude, but I need to know for myself. When he comes, he will teach us all things. And Jesus said to her, See that jersey name on the back? It says Messiah. It says the Christ. It says the anointed one that was called from heaven. I who you speak of. I who you, who you speak to. I who speaks to you. I, the one that's right in front of you, I'm he. The one that you're looking at right here, that's me. And in this story, she trusts him as Savior. And look at this in verse 39. I love this so much, y'all. I'm about to do a flip. Y'all need to be impressed if I do a flip. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him. L listen, listen. This is the woman that came in the hottest part of the day because she didn't want anybody to see him. Because she, she was so uncomfortable with her past, she just said, I can't, I, I don't want anybody to see me. I, I got to go. I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Because of the, te the woman's testimony. Well, what happened? How, how can you go from not wanting anybody to see you and being so embarrassed and being, being shy and, and have, not having the right personality and being just a sinful, awful person? I'm that woman. And you're that woman. And many of us look and say, I'm going to turn the Jesus switch on when I come in the room, but when I leave, I've got to turn it off because I've just got to be me. That's who I am. No, you are who Christ says you are. And if you ever let him uncover and then cover, it shifts everything and it changes everything. And you are not what you perceive yourself to be. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Because he told me everything I ever did. But then he gave me freedom, by the way, for all of those things. And then in verse 42, it says that, that they said to her, it's no longer just because of what you've said that we believe, for we heard it for ourselves. I need to know today, have y'all heard it for yourselves or have you just heard what I've said? Because it doesn't matter what I say to you. It matters if you've heard it for yourself. It matters if you've received it. To those who receive, who believe in his name, they have been given the right to be called the righteousness of God. 
And this is indeed the Savior of the world. He's not some Jesus that I can write all these things about. He's my friend. He's my confidant. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He's the one that comes beside me and goes before me and behind me. And so this is how I want to close. And I want all of y'all to know this. I'm a slave. And you're a slave. And that may not seem like a fun ending, but this is really awesome. No matter where you sit, no matter how righteous you are, And how much you know the word or how much you don't, we're all slaves. The Bible says that we were slaves to sin and death. But that because of Christ, I can become a slave to righteousness. But in the Bible, I've heard people say this before. I watched a talk show recently and it said I could never believe in the Lord because they allowed slavery in the Old Testament. And the the, the true God that we worship believes in slavery. Well, let me show you why. There's, There's this thing called the year of Jubilee. And in the year of Jubilee, you can read about it in Leviticus chapter 25. This is what happened. So if I owned a lot of things and I was very wealthy and you worked for me and you became so in debt that you couldn't pay me what you owed me, you had to become my, my bond servant to work for me. And that was like a slave. I gave you a place to live. You worked for me and you tried to pay the debt, on it, debt off. And if you couldn't, you just kept working for me. But every seven years, every seven years was the year of Jubilee. Listen to this. If this is the sixth year in the sixth month and, and, and you start having to work for me and you become my slave, no matter what's happened on January 1, which is the year of Jubilee in 2017, I'm making that up. I don't know if it's right or not, so just go with it. But, but if that's the year of Jubilee, even if you're only enslaved to me for six months, not, listen, not only do I have to set you free of all your debt, but I have to then give you a piece of land and I have to give you something else that will help you be profitable and prosperous. That is the shalom blessing on their life. Every owner gave them freedom and gave them something to prosper. Here's what I want you to know. That is the true slavery from the Bible that, that, that people miss. And, and so it wasn't hateful. But this is what God did for us. He demonstrated his love for us that while I was a still, still a sinner, he died for me. Why? So that today could be the day of Jubilee. So that, so that this slave to sin could say, I'm now a slave to righteousness, and not only have you set me free, but you've set me up to be prosperous and not harm me and give me a hope and a future. I have a destiny in Christ that if I walk with him, I will never, ever, ever, ever be left alone. Will there be hard times? My gosh, it will be very hard sometimes, but he's right there. And he's using all of those things to put me and place me down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. But look at this as we close. Colossians chapter 1 says he's delivered us from the the domain of darkness, from slavery, and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. We have redemption through the blood of Christ, the forgiveness of sin. I have redemption. I've been redeemed. I've been bought, purchased, and then placed out. And this is what I'm telling you. Y'all can know all that you want to know about God. But for some of you, for the very first time, you're going to find out who you are because of Christ. Because he's going to uncover what you've tried to cover for so long. You've let him have some of your life, but he wants to uncover it all so that he can give you freedom indeed. I am the woman at the well, and that means no matter what my past was, no matter what my, my last name was, no matter where I've been, I'm going to charge all of them out there, not with hate, 
but with love because love covers a multitude of sin. And to bring them in and say, I want you to know the God that I love and who loved me first and who saved me from who I was. I am because I know I am. And this is the last thing. I know who I am because I am has it covered. I know who I am because I am has it all covered. And this is what I want y'all to do as we close. I just want you to ask yourself this one question, God, what are you saying to me right now? And I want you to be honest with yourself. What have you tried to cover and make okay and make right? Because for some of you, for the very first time, you need to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ by simply saying, Lord, I've I've tried to do this thing and tried to be good enough my whole life, but there's no one righteous and there's no possible way that we can ever be good enough. And the only hope that I have in this world is trusting Jesus Christ as my Savior, giving him my life and saying, for the rest of my life, I will walk with you in freedom, not of my past, not worried about that squeak, but I'm going to let you cover it. And then for the rest of you, you're saved and you meant it but you've been covering a lot of stuff and you've never really been able to walk in freedom in your fullest life. And today is that day. It's gonna be a great day for y'all. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Just simply ask, Lord, what are you saying to me in this moment? And what do you want me to do? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just wanna know if today's your day of jubilee, that that you're transferred from darkness to light by giving Jesus Christ your heart and life and saying, Lord, I've tried to cover this my whole life, but I'm, I'm asking you today to cover it because you already paid the price. Now I just have to open my heart up and let you in. If that's you in this room and you know God's telling you because your heart's beating fast, I just want you to slip your hand up right now and say, Pastor, that's me. Wherever you are in the room, I believe there's, there's several of you. You just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. I need Jesus to save me from death, from separation. How about this big group of people that I believe a lot of you are saved? I'm wondering in this house if there's an army that's about to rise up. If this is you, and the truth of the matter is, you've covered it, you're saved, but you've covered it, and you've been so concerned with your past and your hurt, and you're ready to see that shift and You want to say today, I will no longer cover it, but I will allow him to have total access and uncover what I was so that he can cover everything and I can know who I am. I just want you to stand to your feet and say, that's me this morning. If no one does, so be it. If God's not telling you that's you, then you stay in your seat. But if that's you, be bold enough to stand up and say, that's me, Pastor. Thank you. That's me, Pastor. I'm standing up. God, you see those of us that need to stand up that have held back because of the pain of our past or the circumstances of what we've been through. And God, we're just declaring today that you're greater and we're thankful that you have it covered. Lord, no matter what hurt or pain or sin that I've caused, I've done, I'm so thankful that you've got it covered. And today with everything, we're just gonna lift our hands and our voices and say we worship Jesus because your name is above all names. And I'm so thankful that you got it covered that I don't have to. You're awesome, God, and we love you. And everybody said, amen. Will y'all stand with us?